It takes more than great code to be a great software engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, the podcast, episode number 39. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I am also your host, Jameson Dance. Welcome, everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by our good friends at Dev Mountain. Yeah, Dev Mountain is a coding boot camp with uh, locations in Salt Lake City and Provo, and they can help you learn how to program or learn how to program differently if you already know how to program. So you can check them out at softskills.audio slash devmountain. That's right. Thank you, Dev Mountain. So what's new, Jameson? It's freezing. It became winter all of a sudden, actually, yeah. in Utah. I guess you're out. It's I'm always cold there, huh? In Boston? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's cold. I don't think it's... It's actually not too cold here yet. It's been oh, really? a little chilly, but not too bad. People keep warning me yeah. um, that it's coming, but I haven't seen it yet. So I started snowboarding again this year after a long time of not doing it very much. Mm -hmm. And I went back into the park for the first time in 10 years, probably. Mm -hmm. And I, I can confirm that I am an old man now. Oh, That's what I discovered. Oh, I'm knees like, hurting and... <laughs> not even that. I'm just like rolling up to the rails and everyone around me is 16. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm old and I'm worried that if I fall down then I won't be able to work anymore. And then my family will suffer. And all these kids are like, I'm going to go upside down four times. Woo! Like, I just want to point out that it only took us 39 episodes for this podcast to devolve into complaining about the weather and old age. <laughs> <laughs> the height of scintillating discourse. That sounds like it's a signal to talk about literally anything else. Why maybe, don't we? maybe we have some questions that we could answer instead. <laughs> Please, questions. Rescue us from small talk. Okay, I'll read the first one. How do you deal with engineers who are rude and demeaning? This is from a listener named David Suarez. I'd like to know how to deal with someone who doesn't have soft skills at all, but is awesome at hard skills. Uh, I have a work partner who knows almost everything, but definitely no one likes him due to his bad habits. Um, and then he goes on to describe some behavior. The, the ones I want to focus on, he screams a lot all the time and makes jokes, which I assume are like mean-spirited jokes. It's normal to find him talking about the failures of each person on the team. Mm, ouch he keeps like a failure list on his whiteboard yeah <laughs> here's the failures i've seen this week i've man i don't even need this guy because i keep a detailed list of my own failures so <laughs> constantly churning in your mind and yep <laughs> like these voices that just tell you all the things you've failed at <laughs> yep the thing that will not help our listener is i think the value of talented jerks is generally overrated in most cases mm -hmm. and I would not hire them if, if I were in charge of building a team. And that's the easiest way to deal with this is build a team that works well together. Cause this by, in my definition, this isn't working well <laughs> on a team, even if your code is just glorious. So create a copy of the universe where your team does not include this person. Is that what you're suggesting? No. Well, <laughs> not quite. I'm saying for other people, <laughs> if you find yourself in a position to potentially hire this person, um, first of all, you need to design an interview process that can detect this. <laughs> yeah. Second a, of all. I think it would be easier to copy the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but second of all, in my mind, it's a pretty strong negative and it would be hard to find a case where technical skill would outweigh the fact that it's a nightmare to work with someone. 
Okay, so playing devil's advocate here, let's say this person cranks out amazing code, product that customers love, um, and but he also ruffles the feathers of some of your teammates. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Is it worth it? I find it hard to believe that this person uh, has enough empathy to build products that users love if if they treat mm. people like this. So in my head, he's more like a just super talented at just raw problem solving and algorithms and that kind of code. He's good at like whiteboard interviews. Yeah, just crushes <laughs> whiteboard interviews, inverts and then reverts binary trees <laughs> so fast. But if let's say this mythical person exists who is both... Um, good enough at people to build something people love and bad enough at people to make them miserable. I would not want to be on a team with that person. And unless they can carry the team by themselves, like they're going to drive people away. Mm, they will carry the team by themselves because there'll be no team to carry. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Cause they're, they're made up and we can give them all the necessary skills to do it all by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if, even if you think they're worth it, in the pain you deal with, the cost to the rest of the team. There are people that will quit sooner. There are people that will not come to this company because yeah. guaranteed this person has a reputation. Mm-hmm. And if you ask your friends about this company, like if I work there, I'm telling people don't don't come here because this guy's horrible. Don't come here. <laughs> I'm just trying to find a new job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cost of replacing one engineer in lost productivity due to ramp up can be measured in tens of thousands of dollars. So unless this engineer is worth like multiples of that, you know, because not only is it, uh, that's going to happen multiple times, right? You could lose several coworkers over a person like this. Sure. So unless they're worth that much, they're probably economically, they don't make sense to have on your team. Just cold economics. So we've given a lot of advice That is helpful for people that aren't this person asking the question. (laughs) What do we tell David? So first of all, screaming at your coworkers, in my opinion, is absolutely not okay. You need to get a manager involved because that is an unsafe environment. And I don't think, I mean, if you just take a strictly cold look at the situation, you could say my coworkers are not productive and they're quitting and this person needs to be talked to. And screaming is an acute, easy-to-identify behavior that a manager can sit down with them and say, when you're upset with someone, you cannot scream at them in this company. And that's a manager's job to deal with that. So if they're not dealing with it, you need to tell them about it. Yeah. And if you are the manager, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's going to be a hard conversation. You're probably going to get screamed at. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny and so sad. The other thing is that point about uh, him talking about the failures of each person on the team that just sounds so demotivating like oh, yeah yeah i don't know I, I don't think failure motivates people very well and yeah. i don't think rubbing their faces in things that either they're weak in or are i mean they're probably if they're weaknesses people have they're definitely self-conscious about them <laughs> if they're like if someone made a made a prod oopsie like they, <laughs> like they don't word. feel great about that either and and just making a list out of it is is not gonna help anything i wonder why he does that is it like to prove that he's better than them or is it some kind of he he doesn't have great social skills from what i'm reading 
Maybe it's like sadistic comedy or something. Or, or <laughs> is is it his way of like trying to motivate the team or improve the team? Like, look at all this crap we you screwed up, and and that's just how he thinks that it, could it be. will make people better. Well, if that's the case, then the conversation with the manager should be a little easier because he has good intentions. Yeah, you can just redirect them. I mean, no, no one's purely evil. Like, there's there's something behind that. Yeah, so Maybe, I wonder yeah. if you can find that. As a manager, I'd probably ask them, like, why do you make a list of people's failures and, and flaunt that information around? Like, what are you hoping to achieve? What outcome do you want? Mm-hmm. And get them to become introspective about it. Sure. Like, I don't know. I just like to, I just like to make fun of people. I think it's fun. <laughs> I just like it when my coworkers cry. <laughs> so um, I've noticed two different mindsets. So if you have problems where people are making mistakes on your team which by the way welcome to the real world every team has that Mm -hmm. there are two different mindsets of people on your team you can think either a i don't want to get yelled at by my jerk coworker, so i'm going to try not to make them a mistake or b i want things to work well and i want to do the best for my product my customers my teammates and between those two different mindsets you might get similar behavior, but I think you're going to get better outcomes if it's a motivated from a place of wanting to do the right thing um, instead of being afraid of getting yelled at by an yeah. individual. So my question, if I was talking to David in, in real life right now, I would ask, why haven't you talked to this person? Like, what is it that's stopping you? Are, are you afraid because they're a really good contributor in other ways like they're they produce really good code or a high volume of bug fixes or something like what is it that you have given this person a blank check to be rude for like why is there something about him and and i'm afraid the answer might be well he's been around so long that he knows everything about the product and he knows how all the code works and he's the only person that knows how to navigate this code base that he wrote 10 years ago and i would say to you if that's the answer um just because they've been around long enough and they know all the quirks of the crappy code, that doesn't mean they're actually a good engineer. And there's a really good chance that if they do get let go, that it'll be okay. They are mm-hmm. they'll be, they can be replaced. I've actually seen that on a team. Um, I, I saw a team where there was someone who was pretty essential to the team, and they they ended up leaving, and that the team was a little bit terrified. But what ended up happening was. Uh, without that person to rely on the rest of the team had to just kind of step up and dig into the stuff that person did. And it was, I, I think it was healthier overall. People hmm. were a little bit more responsible instead of just saying like, Oh, this person's got it. I'm not going to worry about it. Hmm. They blossomed. So, yeah, they did blossom. I, I, I think we're a little bit wary of, of people that we think are indispensable leaving, mm-hmm. but I think people are generally pretty capable of stepping up. I think so too, but they have to be challenged, you know? Yep. Um, The other thing to do just as a coping mechanism in the meantime, you know, say you're waiting for action to be taken by a manager um, is try not to take it personal. This person obviously has some real problems um, and it's clear that they aren't just after you. But it's easy for me to say that, but it's really easy in the moment to feel like you did something wrong and they're yelling at you because of something you did. And so try to tell yourself, it's not me, it's him. You know, he hates everyone. (laughs) He doesn't just hate me. Even though he's yelling at me right now, it's not my fault. Sure. That's hard to do, by the way. It's very hard to do. 
but with the help of some very loud heavy metal music, it's easier. <laughs> you just got to get yourself a little more pumped up every day for work. <laughs> cool. Question Tough answered. Situation. Yeah. Question. Oh, there's no answer to this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's an answer that doesn't involve some pain. Yeah. Definitely. It's a painful situation. Definitely. I mean, besides quit your job and get a new one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we'd, we'd love to hear for you, hear from you, David, to hear what you did and um, what the outcome was. So good luck. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you want to read our next question, Dave? Yeah, I, sh- I would like to. So this question is about one-on-ones and it goes like this. What should I talk about in one-on-ones with my manager or reports? So like a two-part question as a manager or as a managee. Mm-hmm. I have never had regular one-on-ones as a managee ever. <laughs> you are you are so low maintenance. Look at you. <laughs> or I'm just beyond help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I schedule had... my one-on-ones with Jameson. Oh, I don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe they were scheduled and somebody just went out and partied for an hour. another successful one-on-one jameson responded very well you hear like the ding of a ping of a pinball machine in the background or something jameson managed (laughs) i had heard about the idea of having weekly one-on-ones but i'd never seen them so i I just heard weekly one-on-ones and i was like oh cool that means once a week i will meet with a member of my team so I, I did that <laughs> when I was a manager, but <laughs> you got the math all wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it wasn't weekly with every member of the team. It was I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of cute when I look back at it. It's like <laughs> babies first one on one. It's it turns out it wasn't about you the whole time, James. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh what's the point of a one-on-one? Oh boy, I'm, why I'm not... do we do them or why should why should you do them? I think that in a one-on-one you are more likely to uncover problems that there's no other vehicle for uncovering. Um problems such as interpersonal problems, complaints about culture, uh personal issues, things that would impact a person's ability to do good work sometimes don't come up in other forums. It's like if you have a good enough team, you don't need a, a product management process or you don't need to have like sprint planning meetings or whatever. Like the perfect team will just do great work, but most teams aren't perfect and you need some infrastructure around them to help them. So one-on-ones are like uh, kind of like, yeah, an infrastructure to help your team be happy and productive, I guess. Cool. I like that. So what can you ask your manager in a one-on-one? Ask them how much they make. (laughs) (laughs) How much do you make? But to protect your privacy, just express it as a multiplier of my salary. (laughs) So I've had, unlike Jameson, I am high maintenance and I have had (laughs) regularly scheduled one-on-ones for the last five years. Um, Although actually before that, I did not. I I don't think I ever had a one-on-one for about 10 years prior. But what I have done is I have a Google Doc where I write down things I want to talk about with my manager, and I just have this running list, and I check them off as we talk about them. 
And so every, every one-on-one is different. You know, I just write down the things that come up, come to mind during the week or during the month. And then when we sit down together, I just go through the list with them. So, um, that can be anything. It's pretty much like anything but a status report, basically, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are other forms for that. So I'm trying to think of some examples, but, um, stuff like, Hey, uh, I noticed that our team has low velocity right now. What do you think is going on? Or, um, I'm having a hard time focusing. Can you help? Can you coach me? Or I want to level up in this area. What do you recommend? Or, or I, I work this... with a coworker who screams all the time and points out how <laughs> wrong point. everyone is. <laughs> that is a, that is an excellent topic for a one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> um, or uh, I heard this acronym. What does it mean? Or how does the organization work? Uh, like how is it, how are we organized? Um, is the company getting purchased? <laughs> that kind of question. Anyway, those are the yeah. things I ask. Except recently I had an epiphany. Um, for, for two years I was a manager and I did one-on-ones. Um, I probably did a, a hundred or, or so in over the course of two years. And uh, probably more than that actually. But one of the things that people rarely if ever asked was, what can I do to contribute more to my team? Or what more does the company need from me? Or who can I help on the team? Who needs help from me? And as a manager, those are wonderful questions. I would love to have someone ask me those questions because it shows that you are ready to take on more and to uh, be more focused on what is needed rather than what you need. Now, obviously, people have needs, and that's I'm not trying to discount that. I've got to make sure your needs are met. But if you want to really move up and get more responsibility and ultimately be paid more, you should be looking for opportunities to serve your company and your team in ways that they need. Yeah. It's like John F. Kennedy. Ask not what your country can do for you. How do you like my JFK? Is it better now because you live in Boston? Yeah. Oh, yeah. improved your, JF- <laughs> your, your Kennedy impression? Everyone in this city sounds like Diamond Joe Quimby from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> you just ask your manager, what more can I do for the company? And they're like, well, you can take a pay cut. It'll be great. Yeah. You <laughs> can we work really more need. hours for less money. Um <laughs> One thought I had while you were talking is uh, more about the purpose of one-on-ones is it feels like an investment in people in, Mm -hmm. in helping them develop. And I, I mean, do you, do you feel like you grew as an employee, as a developer, as a team lead manager because of your one-on-ones as a manager? Yeah. You know, I, I had such bad vision. I was always just thinking so tactically, like, Hey, this needs to get done or, you know, this, I need approval for this or I, I never really sat back and asked the big hard questions, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But, but so. still, don't you feel like the ability to regularly meet with your manager and discuss stuff with them one-on-one helped you grow and improve in some way? Even, even if you were talking about tactical things. Growth and improvement. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was so boots on the ground. Okay. Uh, because to me, when you say for the last five years, I've had one-on-one meetings with my manager, mm-hmm. I don't know how many hundreds of hours of time that is with them investing in you and helping you answer your questions or help you with your concerns. Like, yeah, that feels pretty valuable, especially if you're hoping to have people grow inside your company. Yeah, it, it was. I should. I probably am 
having a hard time remembering. Are you doing one of those Dave things when you're like, "Eh, I never do that. That never happens. (laughs) Secretly it does. I I, I certainly got coaching in these sessions sometimes. Like I I remember there were several instances where I'd say, hey, I'm having this conflict with someone or I'm unable to come to an agreement on something. And I would ask for help and my manager would walk me through it. And those were always beneficial. um, Yeah. Always. And I think that, uh, yeah, for me, that was, they were great. Yeah. So that's kind of what you would do as a manage mm-hmm. What if you are the manager? I always started mine out with, how are you? Yeah, that's a pretty solid way to start out a lot of English <laughs> sentences, <laughs> English paragraphs. <laughs> well, you'd be amazed. I mean, you can start with, how are you? And you could talk for an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or did you did you find that there were some people that you had to put more effort in to draw out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I imagine some people they would just talk, and you wouldn't need to do much. But, yeah, just sit back and. <laughs> but some people would say like, "Fine." Yeah, exactly. And just look at you, and then you'd be like, "What are you working on?" <laughs> and then they're like, "Didn't we just have stand up this morning?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, def- definitely. Some people were more chatty than others. Did you have any goals besides just an open-ended conversation regularly with people? Was there well, some purpose you were trying to accomplish? I didn't have a, any goals that like um, were that I, that spanned all the people in my organization. Instead, I I actually had a another document where I had written everybody's name down, and as I thought about them or saw something, I would make notes by their name about things that I wanted to talk about with them in my one-on-one, and so that would guide the conversation too. Sometimes, sure. That's a really good idea. I read a blog post that I'm going to refer to because, again, I've never seen this (laughs) done (laughs) except for when I did it when I was a moron. Um, (laughs) Baby, baby's first one on one. (laughs) Baby's first one on ones. Yeah. So Laura Hogan is an engineering manager and she wrote a blog post. Uh, It's called Questions for Our First One on One. And surprise, surprise, that's what it contains. Um, And some of it is like, how can I tell when you're unhappy and how can Mm -hmm. I help? I thought that was insightful, really insightful. Yeah. Like asking someone how you can tell when they're unhappy. I'll bet a lot of people haven't even thought about that question. Yeah. It's awesome. And and I think if you are, if you enjoy working with people, that might be something you could figure out for a lot of people, but some people are just enigmas and it's really hard to tell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, there's some about feedback and what's the best way to give feedback. And then there's a lot of stuff about how to support people in their goals. Like what are your career goals? How can I help Mm -hmm. you as a manager? Mm -hmm. Um, what do you want from your peers and and that kind of stuff? And I'll link it in the show notes, but this was a good read for me. Just what's, what, what do you, what do you do in a one-on-one if you've never done one or you just want an overview of an experienced person, how, how they would do it. Yeah. I think that uh, the effectiveness of your one-on-one will oftentimes be influenced by how much structure your company has organizationally. And my last company, we were pretty loose with things like uh, promotions and like um, career development. And so as a result, our one-on-ones, my one-on-ones tended to focus on the individual's well-being and other tactical things. But not really much, except in some cases, not really much on like specific 
vectors that they can follow for career growth and progression. Um, whereas my current company is quite different. There's, there are very clear guidelines for career growth and progression in the company. And so in our, in my one-on-ones, I've been able to talk about those. Like it, they're super concrete. But even, so if the path to career growth is kind of fuzzy at your company, I think it's still your manager's job to have an idea of just like skills growth, which is separate from yeah. career growth. I think your manager should definitely have some idea of things that they think you're good at and things that they think you could improve at. Mm-hmm. And telling constructive criticism is kind of hard to push on to people. So that's a really good question, I think, to ask in, in a manager one-on-one. Like, what do you think I could improve at? Yeah, they might be reluctant to just like tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, I've made this list of stuff you're bad at. Um, <laughs> but if you ask, they might give it. Yeah, yeah. And or even if they're just like, I don't know. Um, I think it's fair to challenge them and say, like, you have perspective that I don't. You you see everyone on the team in a different way. And like, I, I'd I love it if you could pay attention and come up with some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you might be surprised that your manager just doesn't actually know depending on the way your team is structured. Like it could be that they don't really observe you that much directly. And so they can't give too much guidance. But along those same lines, by the way, I really like that question. And and another question that's on the other side of the same coin is ask your manager what they think your strengths are. Like what, you know, what are the value? What is the value that I bring to this team? How do I benefit it? And, and then help me to use those strengths more, you know? Yeah. That's called strengths coaching, by the way. And I had a I had a great coaching session about two years ago. Um, oh, really? That's yeah, like a real thing that. with a name. Yeah, I think they call it strengths assessment, and then strengths something. Huh. Um, basically, it's the opposite of identifying your weaknesses and trying to mitigate them. Instead, you identify what you're good at, and then try to uh, utilize them to the fullest. See, I would have thought you would just record someone saying them, and then just carry it around in your pocket all the time, playing on a loop. So you just hear someone telling you how amazing you are. Like positive reinforcement all day? Yeah. You can turn that on after your coworker gets finished yelling at you. <laughs> you just, no, you have it going at the same time and you bump it up. <laughs> you're like, you're it's like, like two sine waves that cancel each other out. moron, you made this query wrong and it dropped all the data. And you're like, I can't hear you because my I manager can't told me that I I'm have so excellent great. fashion sense. And <laughs> <laughs> Jameson, you are the best semicolon writer. You're like, ah. <laughs> bask in the glow your, your taste in mechanical keyboards is unparalleled <laughs> just adds some spice to the office cool anything else you want to talk about on this issue not really um just sounds like we don't have a ton of experience with this one so maybe <laughs> it sounds like we managed to talk about it for but a few I minutes think... <laughs> without knowing what we're talking about I think maybe what, what I've discovered, well, I, what I discovered about Jameson is that he doesn't really do this. And what, what I discovered about myself is that even though I've done it a lot, I didn't really do it very intentionally. <laughs> no, I think the, the list thing is pretty intentional. Oh, well, yeah, but that's so tactical. It's just like, oh, I noticed this. I need to talk to them about it. It wasn't yeah. like, help this engineer blossom into a senior, amazing engineer, you know? Yeah. I think that... Uh, I sometimes have like strategy envy where I look at people that are able to Mm -hmm. like 
someone somewhere has written an amazing blog post, I'm sure, about like the broad strategic role of one-on-ones and their grand unified yeah. plan. Yeah. And and I'll read that thing and be like, that's amazing. That person's yeah, so smart and it works so well. But I think tactics are really valuable in practice. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it'd be... I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll look up someone that you manage and ask them how their one on ones work. Because I should. bet I you bet should. they liked them a lot. I'm even sure they enjoyed them, like but they didn't have. Just they probably some... just weren't that beneficial. <laughs> no. Really? I don't know. I, I just there are people at my last company who I would look at and go, that person has vision and they think big and strategically. And all I can ever do is like deal with the day to day issues. And I was pretty good at that. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Like I was really good at you know keeping all the juggling balls in the air and keeping all the plates spinning and other metaphors that involve keeping stuff in the air. Yeah. But, but I never, I was never like super good at strategic vision and just being like, all right, the next, the next like evolutionary leap for this team is here, you know? Yeah. I think that stuff, I love reading it and it like inspires me and I'm envious of people that have it. And I'm also sometimes skeptical about yeah. <laughs> its practical effect on the world or its existence in real world. Business. Yeah. It's existence beyond <laughs> words that people say t- that make them sound smart in blog posts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think you're great, Dave. Oh, I'm glad we had this one-on-one together. Yeah, me too. It's been, I think been you're good. good at podcasting. Thank you. I think you tolerate me very well. <laughs> <laughs> you're exceptionally you. patient <laughs> i love it well jameson where can people go if they want to ask us a question or connect with us they can follow us on twitter we're at soft skills eng you can also go to softskills.audio, which is our website it has a link to a form where you can um, ask a question there if you're interested in giving some more detail or you just don't want to use twitter and they can also find all our past episodes there um, they can also go to softskills.audio slash devmountain to visit our beloved sponsor, Dev Mountain. Yep. Uh, you can find out more info about the programs they offer and the the timelines and all that stuff there. If you want to get into iOS development, UX design, or web development, we recommend checking out Dev Mountain. They have 12-week courses, and they're super cool. You know how some fast food restaurants have a secret menu? Um. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Like in and out yeah you can ask for animal style i wonder if dev mountain has like the secret menu where you're like i'm here for the piano course and they're like oh (laughs) right this this way (laughs) (laughs) you should ask them that 12 week piano boot camp who knows maybe it'll work out yeah go go do that go to go to dev mountain ask for the piano course ask for ios animal style (laughs) (laughs) great all right we'll catch you next week see ya